to see Seth Meyers hosting Saturday Night Live. Paul Simon was a musical guest, and Paul Simon is a hundred a hundred years old. Really, I hadn't heard that that he, that he was the guest. Yeah, and you know, I like Paul Simon a lot, and I, I worship Paul Simon. And Paul and musicians can and can perform at a very high level to a quite old age, but everybody has a limit, and he reached his like a year or so ago. Yeah, because I saw him on Austin City Limits too, and he's just. You know, there is a limit. I'm, I'm amazed when I see people that are 70 years old still playing the guitar and singing. You can do it at 70, it would seem. You can't at 80. There mm. is a limit. Yeah. That's fine. Paul McCartney is 77? Yeah, he's almost 80. Yeah, that's amazing. He still sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. He, but he's miraculous. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Seth Meyers was host. Not many of us get to be miraculous. Some of us are happy with passable. <laughs> Oh, man, I got some interesting stuff about aging and attitudes that's really good. It was actually... I'm, I'm hoping mine improves my I'm attitude. A, I'm on the wrong side of it, I'll tell you that. I'll admit openly that I'm doing it wrong. I hope I get to passable one day. That'd be great. <laughs> we <laughs> all hope that, Sean. <laughs> but, I was, uh, but I was happy to see Seth Meyers was the host. And so Kanye West was in the news a lot last week, as, as we all know. Barack Obama once said this about Kanye West. He's a jackass. That was over that whole Taylor Swift... She got the award and he ran on stage thing. Yeah. Seth Meyers, hosting Saturday Night Live, told this story. The anticipation of future... Oh, wait, no, that's not it. It's this story. No, where'd it go? I just... Oh, no, it's right here. Kanye, so a lot of people are surprised Kanye supports Donald Trump, but I am not because I have met Kanye and I am incapable of being surprised by him. Here is a true story about Kanye West. And let me preface it by saying I am a huge Kanye West fan. When I was here... No one did more memorable performances than Kanye West. Well, one time, he was the musical guest, but we heard he wanted to do a sketch. So we pitched him a sketch wherein he would interrupt different award show speeches saying they had made a mistake and he should have won. And Kanye said, that's hilarious because I do that. (laughs) Which is good (laughs) self-awareness. And so we did the sketch, and we had Kanye interrupt the Kids' Choice Awards, the Nobel Prize, he interrupted a state fair because he was upset his pumpkin didn't win. Fantastic, a great experience. But here's the thing, here's the reason I will never be surprised by Kanye West. That sketch was in 2007, and he interrupted Taylor Swift in 2009. That was telling you that story you thought it was based on him interrupting taylor swift that hadn't happened yet kanye did a sketch about how crazy it was he interrupted speeches and then two years later he was at an award show and thought i should do it again so I people that, say I thought that you was a funny kanye? story yeah that's weird blew my mind uh, yeah yeah Anyway, of course, it's worth pointing out he interrupted Taylor Swift to say Beyonce should have won. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's a jackass, and that's how the, uh, Barack Obama responded to that. To further fan the flames of this is somehow a weird like Obama didn't like Kanye sort of thing. Obama was very chummy with Jay Z and Beyonce, who Kanye also had a falling out with. So I'm just throwing that in there because I think this is all hilarious. They had a falling out. Uh, Kanye and Jay Z, yeah, yeah. That when he did his the concert that I went to, where he did ten minutes and then 
ranted and walked off the stage. Yeah, he brought up about it, and Jay Z never called me back. And yeah, he, okay. he, yeah, they they had a bit of a falling. While we're doing celebrity news, Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live split up over what? the weekend. Sorry to hear that. Still, Those two uh, crazy kids. Still no details on exactly what happened in their five month whirlwind courtship that what? went from her meeting him on the show. I think when she was a musical guest. Shouldn't do we have time to be talking about this sort of thing when Elizabeth Warren's Indian heritage is out there? <laughs> As the nation's conversation gets dumber and dumber. Yeah, no kidding. So she she actually did uh, like one of those 23 and me type of things to figure out how much Indian she's got in her background. Yes. Since she apparently had been mentioning that in speeches her whole life. Right. And sometime between 120 and 375 years ago apparently she had an Indian forebearer. Right. Yeah. Which, which is, it doesn't mean anything. Would be an, and if she hadn't, it doesn't mean anything. It would be a strange thing to be either proud of or ashamed of. Huh. Either one. I would say. And and in, in the history of the world, there's been a lot of uh, of both. You could become a king of some country if you had that little royal blood. You also could be murdered by certain groups for having that little certain kind of blood because you're so racist even though blood is blood (laughs) and we all decided that's stupid yes it's horrifying it's morally indefensible unless you're a a social justice warrior then you spend all day obsessing over what ethnicity somebody is and what kind of blood they got in their veins so elizabeth warren bringing it up at all is just unless you're just bringing it up as a joke like you do the neanderthal thing right well if you're bringing it up as it has any serious bearing on anything that's just crazy um, uh, Gerald Byer. Firefighters showed up to my neighbor's house. They were having a medical problem, and all the doors were locked. So I battered their front door down with my head <laughs> because you're because my thick, thick Neanderthal skull. So gotcha. there's some pride there. So uh, Gerald, they got a walnut door too. It took several whacks. How do you pronounce his first name? J e r y l. Gerald, I guess. Okay, Gerald Bear of the um, Weekly Standard tweeted, if it turned out that Donald Trump had a black ancestor six to ten generations back, and he started talking about his African-American heritage, you tell me what the response would be. Wow. And no kidding. Well said. No kidding. The whole thing is so repugnant to me. You're going to tell me people wouldn't say that's crazy. (laughs) That's a crazy thing to say. Can you imagine if Dr. King was with us right now and asking him, what if people judged your children not on the content of their character or even their color of their skin because, you know, one twenty seventh of them is whatever, and people judge them for good or ill on that one twenty seventh of their DNA material, Dr. King? What would you think of that? He would probably punch me in the face as a committed pacifist. That's how sick I find this whole thing. Back to this one last time, so I don't have to bring it up again. So Pete Davidson, who has six Ariana Grande tattoos, including one that says Piggy Smalls across his belly for their pot-bellied pig. And they've been together how long? Five months. Got engaged after a month, I think. Oh, son. $96,000 ring. Oh, son. His tattoo artist had told him... How about you stop getting partner stop getting partner inspired tattoos until you're married? Because he had had to cover up one for uh the, the David girl. Larry David's daughter was dating Pete Davidson and Pete Davidson got a tattoo of hers, her oh. name. 
And so he had to cover, his tattoo artist had to so cover that up and turn it. he personally has history with And that. turn it into an Ariana Grande tattoo or something. Seems to be one of his courting maneuvers. <laughs> yeah, like, well, third date, look what I got. Wouldn't that make most people go run screaming into the yes. night? Yes. You got a tattoo of my name we'd been dating for two weeks. Oh, yeah. That's, I'm going to kidding? back out of the room slowly. I mean, that's warning lights and buzzers and bells going off. But so his tattoo artist did an interview with the New York Post saying, hey, I, I, I told Pete, hey, dude, let's just stop with the girlfriend tattoos until after she's your wife. But uh, he didn't take the tattoo artist's advice and uh, got more Ariana Grande oh, tattoos. Oh, man, that's sad. Well, Whole thing's sad. Pete Davidson's an actual mentally ill person, as he talks about a lot. Yeah, He's going to be part of just thing. fine. There's, a, there's an entire slew of people who now saw him attached with Ariana Grande, and for some weird reason, that now elevates his status in terms of the other women. I think be you're right. Get. I think you're right. He is seen as that level He'll of He'll be dating. fine. He's completely nuts. Well, that he's aside. not going to be fine. No, that aside. For a nut guy, he's going to be great. <laughs> All right, I'll grant you that. You know what? I don't even get royalties for that Pete Davidson song. You know what? Like... Like, if we break up, and we won't, we will, but we won't. <laughs> but, like, in 10 years, if God forbid that ever happened, uh, there will be a song called Pete Davidson, like, playing in speakers at Kmart, and I'll be working there. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. So they asked people to describe with an emoji their credit score. (laughs) Of course they did. Oh, boy. By the way, man, I've been taking in a lot of economic news. I don't know why I take in any economic news, because they're all freaking guessing. Larry Kudlow was on the talk shows yesterday, the, the, the president's economic advisor, you know, pitching for why the economy's strong and going to be great. I hope he's right, but he's guessing. Mm-hmm. And and so are people who say the downturn is going to be horrible or people who say there's going to be a downturn but not as bad. As, they're all guessing. And it's it's really the classic a stopped clock is right twice a day principle sure. that after every economic boom or bust, the person that predicted it is hailed as a genius. Right, and listen to until they're completely wrong the next time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not happy with... I heard I saw one the other day. The housing market's going to collapse, right? And But they said it won't be as bad as 2007. Well, I would freaking hope not, since that was one of the worst things that's happened in our nation's history. Yeah. I hope it's not as bad. But anyway, what are you going to do? Wow. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Um, or is it... But they asked people to pick an emoji that best described their credit score. 44%, the plurality, smiley face. So that's good news for all There you go. Neutral face for 26%, about a quarter. 14% had that teeth scared look. Gritted gritted teeth. Gritted teeth. Yeah. Scared emoji. 13% had the, uh, I don't know what that even is. 3%. I'm an emoji guy, I can tell you. I don't use emojis because I'm an adult, but um, so what's that one? Mildly dissatisfied. Okay. Although I did like my my kids love sending mom emojis on my phone. Mm. 
they enjoy doing that. Excellent. Good kids. Um, but we just discovered the whole video thing, the little gifs or gifs or whatever mm-hmm. they are. There's yeah. some there's some, some, some damn funny ones. Oh, there are, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. Like those. The guy with the lion's head, give him the thumbs up. Maybe my favorite thing ever. <laughs> All categories. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's your favorite thing ever. Anything. Oh, yeah. Talking about anything. Oh, yeah. Cubs win the series. Births of my children. <laughs> nope. Sex, a great meal, headed. whatever. This is the best thing ever. Oh, yeah, clearly. So, um... <laughs> I'm reading the New York Times over the weekend, and I came across this from an old guy. This guy's almost 90 years old, and he um, uh, he's a gym rat. He, he really works hard to stay in shape physically, mm. try and beat the clock. Good for him. And he decided he's been doing it wrong, focusing way too much on the physical body and not um, his mental health in terms of uh, dealing with getting older, which we're all doing every single day. Interesting. Okay. What did a friend of mine say the other day? You already freaked me out with the economic stuff. Now you're going to worry me about growing old. A friend of mine said yesterday, he said, I invented a time machine. It only goes forward, though, at normal speed. <laughs> <laughs> Which is That's um, great. But we are all getting older every single day. I'll read right. a little list from him. Some of my healthiest friends, and I'm, I'm on the wrong side of this. I'm with him, and congratulations to him for admitting that he's doing it wrong and that he doesn't have the attitude some of his friends have. I'm in the in the wrong category also. Some of my healthiest friends carry themselves as victims abused by time. They see life as a parade of disappointments, aches and ailments, confusing technology, children who don't visit, and hurried doctors. I'm more in that camp, unfortunately. Mm. I think that's the way. I, maybe I can turn it around. I'm not that old, but uh, I, I I do spend too much time thinking about how things are just getting worse all the time. My body's breaking down. It just never ends. Other friends, many whose aching knees and hips are the least of their physical problems, find comfort in their ability to accept old age as just another stage of life to deal with. I would use the word heroic to describe the way they cope with aging as it drains strength from their minds and bodies, though they would quickly dismiss such a term as an overstatement. One such friend recently called from a hospital to tell me of a sudden brain seizure that had rendered him legally blind. He interrupted me as I began telling him how terribly sorry I was. He said, Bob, it could have been a lot worse. I could have been deaf instead of blind. Despite all the time I've spent lifting weights and exercising, I realized I lacked the strength to have said those words. It suddenly struck me that I've paid a price for being a gym rat. If there's one characteristic common to friends who are aging with a graceful acceptance of life's assaults, it is contentment. Some with life-altering disabilities, my blind friend, another with two prosthetic legs, are more serene and complain less than those with minor ailments. They accept the uncertainties of old age without surrendering to them. A few have told me that the wisdom that they've acquired over the years has made uh, aging easier to navigate than the chaos of adolescence. That's interesting. People who say, I'm actually happier now. Mm. Yeah, I, I understand that. It was clear that I lacked and had to find the contentment those friends had attained. The hours I spent exercising had given me confidence, but not contentment thought that was really interesting the the title of it is the secret to aging well contentment despite having many friends in their 70s 80s and 90s i've been far too slow to realize that how we respond to aging is a choice made in the mind not in the gym yes yeah yeah well that that's clearly true some of us have an easier time achieving certain mindsets than others of us and i know you know what i'm talking about in terms of we're born to a certain emotional set of characteristics. 
you cannot, if you are a hyper-competitive hothead, be as serene as a summer breeze, like somebody who was born that way. You can work your way more toward that. But whether you can get 10% closer or 80% closer, I don't know. You know, it depends on the question. If you're ever looking for indifference, I'm your guy. You need somebody you can get to indifference in a hurry. I got you. I thought it was interesting. This guy worked really hard to hold off the physical part of old age and was looking around him at his other old friends, and they were they were happier than him. Yeah. And their bodies were falling apart. Right. And he's right. thinking, why aren't you unhappy? You can't oh even walk. Oh, boy. Better attitude. Sure. Huh? Different priorities. I don't know. I don't know either. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's so hard. It's hard. You're bringing, <laughs> you're bringing me down. You're bringing, I'm bringing you down. Can supposed we to bring you this up. Stuff? No, let's this pretend this, this stuff is, isn't happening. This is a, this was supposed to bring you up. I want this to is pretend a, like it's not happening. Aging? Yes. Yeah. I hear you. Right. I hear you. And, and potential housing catastrophes <laughs> and economic downturns. Oh, yeah. Just six nay on the octave. You know what mm. I'm dreading? I'm dreading the economic downturn. That is going to happen. You know why? Because they always happen. That's just the way it works. Sure. Read a book if you don't understand. Read what I'm a book. About. I mean, but when it happens, <clears throat> blaming it all on Trump. Now, I suppose you could say, well, he's taking all the credit for the upturn that started when Barack Obama was still pressed. So maybe that would be an argument for blaming it all on Trump. I don't. But they, they go up, they go down. Presidents tend to get to stay in office or get booted out of office, depending on the timing of when the election happens with the upturns and downturns. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they have no control over it. Obviously, they, they do. Government too much poli- credit, too much blame, though. Yeah, yeah. government sure. policy does have an influence on the economy, but it's going to it's gonna go up and down no matter what. just is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that conversation is a little tiring, honestly. The whole president responsible for the economy thing. Um. What? How much time do we have, Michael? Okay. Maybe the thing to think about the old stuff is if you got a friend who can still run a marathon or do 50 push-ups or whatever, assume he's miserable, like this old guy. Yes. Or go behind his back and, and make him miserable. Engage in subterfuge, sabotage. <laughs> wow. Because wow. their misery is your joy. I'm not sure that's Life true. is a zero-sum game. I'm not, Specifically I'm, happiness. That's exactly. That's <laughs> Their happiness is my unhappiness and wow. vice versa. Specifically? That's the message I yes. took. Yes, okay. Yes. So there's just enough time to do this. Uh, this was sent along by Katie, um, who who points out that in the California Constitution, which was written in 1880, the, the, the main part of it. Jerry Brown had a hand in that? Uh, that's right. He was there. Um, it says that every native male citizen of the United States, every male person who shall acquire the right of citizenship goes on and on. And it makes clear no native of China, no idiot, no insane Wait person, a or person convicted of any infamous crime can vote, among other things. How do they define idiot? Uh, well, I can define it for you because I looked it up. If you lock your keys in your car more than twice in a year. <laughs> exactly. You stole my thunder. No, I have all of the old-timey definitions of idiot, moron, imbecile, cretin. I'm a dullard. Is that on there? Well, <laughs> if you ask to ask, you're a dullard. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Hillary on the hot seat for comments about the Lewinsky scandal. Near miss in San Francisco was almost the worst air accident in history. Yeah, I didn't know this story. Stay tuned for it. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The 
story is out as to why they broke up, Ariana and Pete. It's what I would have guessed if that I had to guess. I knew that it was I knew that it was a problem at the time. I'll have it on both, my blog. They're both cuckoo nuts. I'll have it on my blog. <laughs> I don't have a blog, but if I had a blog, it's the sort of thing I would write about. Don't be an idiot. Um or a moron, an imbecile, a cretin. <clears throat> Idiot was formerly a legal and psychiatric category of profound intellectual disability where a person's mental age is two years or less. Then I looked into moron, uh, which is really mild intellectual disability. It's closely tied with the American eugenics movement. And then... So I've always thought I was a dullard, but I might be a moron. (laughs) I'm just going to keep moving. Um, And then I got into... A really, really interesting bit of reading, which is a process called the euphemism treadmill, and it's in an article about intellectual disability, and it says the the euphemism treadmill, and this is true of uh, descriptions of people of various ethnicities, too, you run into this. This means that whatever term is chosen for this condition, it eventually becomes perceived as an insult. The terms mental retardation, mentally retarded, were invented in the middle of the 20th century to replace the previous set of terms, which included imbecile and moron, which so, were technical terms. So they thought they were Class doing a, a moron. So they thought they were doing a nice, like progressive sort of thing right. by giving it a, a respectful name. By the end of the 20th century, these terms themselves had come to be widely seen as disparaging, politically incorrect, and in need of replacement. I'm guessing they're going to say the same thing about uh, terms for black people. Um, you certainly could. Yeah, this is. And they go through all sorts of different progressions in different countries, but it's it. And and I think I might get the usefulness of this. It's a respectful term so people can understand the condition. And then it starts getting getting thrown around as an insult. You can't deny that moron is an insult. No, or imbecile, a favorite right. of the Three Stooges, for instance. Um, and after it become, it builds up a certain amount of like sludge as an insult, we go for a new term that's not fraught like that. I kind of get that. Gotcha. Interesting. Now, the, the racial stuff, I think, is just silly because, I mean, there's just saying, yeah, he's a black man or a black woman or whatever has never been. I mean, that's not a disparaging term. Lord knows there are plenty of disparaging terms out there. Well, I'm looking at the 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 transition of the term colored or Negro in my lifetime. Right. Colored is absolutely horrific. Person of color is is wonderful and, and, and kind. Um, so the markets were rocky last week. Right. It was a little scary. We wondered if we're at the beginning of, uh, of, of a bad stretch here. So we need a one-word market update from Sean. The markets are toiling. To- to- toiling? Toiling. toiling. They're moving word. slowly and with difficulty. Okay. <clears throat> All right. I had a circumstance like that over the weekend. <laughs> um, let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, with the markets toiling away and the arrival of the Me Too movement, former President Bill Clinton's affair with Monica Lewinsky has gotten renewed attention. Oh, good. Some, how, much, how much does Bill or Monica or Hillary love being asked about this at this yes. point in their lives? <sighs> and they all still get asked about it. Indeed they did. Hillary Clinton was asked about it on CBS News Sunday morning show. She asked if her husband maybe should have resigned over the affair. Well, Hillary's response? Absolutely not. It wasn't an abuse of power? No. No. There are people who look at the incidents of the 90s and they say a president of the United States cannot have a consensual relationship with an intern. The power imbalance is too great. Who was an adult. But let me ask you this. Where's the investigation of the current incumbent? 
against whom numerous allegations have been made, and which he dismisses, denies, and ridicules. Why are you turning it to Trump? We're asking you this. Right. Your husband, who did this sort of thing a lot of times. Uh, that That's a tough one. I, I honestly have gone back and forth over this over the years. Because a, a, a guy in his... You take the Clintons out of it so you don't have the political stuff. Right. A guy, a, a really powerful guy who is, what, almost 50 at that time? How about John yeah. Kennedy, for instance? Well, how, how about... I don't... No politics. Just a guy you okay. know. Okay. He's a powerful CEO of something or other, got a lot of money and power. All right, I got a guy. I'm picturing him right now. He sexes up the 22-year-old at work. She wouldn't have him. What do we... What do we <laughs> What do we think of that guy? Is he doing something? I'll, I'll picture a different guy. Go ahead. Is he doing something? Well, she doesn't even work there. Just in general. Yes. Is he doing something wrong? I mean, it's a little predatory. He doesn't have her best interest in mind. No, no, it's a little predatory, and it's as old as time. I rarely have my best interest in mind. Right. So yeah, I was going to give the flip side of that because you know you don't know what her intentions are. You know, I, I know of women who've had a variety of flings that they don't regret, think we're perfectly fine, or even if they do regret them, they go, oh, what was I thinking, is the, the extent of it. Yeah. It's not right. a horror. Right. Right. Which, uh, you know, brings it's, us back to the modern trend toward catastrophizing everything, so you can claim to be a victim of something horrific, even if it was just, you know, the kind of knocks we all take in life. I think you're that guy. You're that 50-year-old guy. Right. And she is, well, if she's, if she's drunk at a bar and you take advantage of her, I think that's incredibly uncool. Because mm-hmm. you know exactly what you're doing there. Right. And she doesn't. If she's, like, in a, in a place in her life where she's not healthy, that's not, that's definitely not cool. But somebody well, like got the flu or what? Well, just, like, I don't know, her dad just died or whatever. Oh, I see you're what you're advantage saying. Okay. of a crisis yeah. situation. Yeah. I think that's really, really uncool. But in general, Monica Lewinsky seemed to be fine. She's off to D.C. starting her life. She's 22. She made a conscious decision, unwise in the way that 22-year-olds are unwise. Right. I don't know. She I think I'm with Hillary on, on this him. side. I don't right. think that's an abuse of power. I think it's borderline. I think it's a terrible lack of self-control on the part of uh, Billy Jeff. Um, but no, and I find the idea that he should have resigned at the time absolutely ridiculous. We can't have the executive branch of the government torn apart because two consenting adults were having sex. I mean, particularly given the history of the thing. That doesn't mean I like it. Doesn't mean I approve of it. Doesn't mean I would do it. But I find that question to be ridiculous. Now, according to the... We're the world's preeminent superpower. And we're going to just tear up the government because a guy had an affair? No. No. I don't care of what party. Now, according to the official report just released, it turns out a near-miss involving an Air Canada plane that almost landed on a crowded runway last year at San Francisco International would have been the worst aviation accident in history. The Air Canada Airbus, with 140 people on board, was cleared to land just before midnight in July of last year, but the pilot mistakenly lined up for the wrong taxiway where four planes were waiting to take off. The plane descended to an altitude of 100 feet above the ground level. That's close. And overflew the first airplane in the taxiway. Then the crew initiated to go around, and the plane reached a minimum altitude of about 60 feet and overflew a second airplane on the taxiway. 
Well, then why did they not land? Who, who, who said, holy crap? Air traffic control got word of the mix-up from one of the pilots on the ground who warned the tower that the Air Canada plane flew directly over us. And immediately, the tower told the Air Canada pilot not to land, not to land. Close, close, close call. Uh, because I studied at the school of George Carlin's semantics, I must say that a near miss is a hit. What they had was a near hit. <laughs> um, that and and they they stated that if he had gone ahead and landed yeah. as he was intending to do, yeah. it would have been one of the worst disasters in aviation history. Yep. But so the guy didn't see all those airplanes and think, yeah, that ain't right. Well, was he getting his camera? Well, he told me to land on top of him. I guess I'll land on to typical Canadian. <laughs> no, well, no, I'm just I'm confused by this story. Was I mean, he getting his Kavanaugh on like pilots are wont to do? Or oh, what? stop it. The near, um, no, the near disaster they're saying is blamed on the Canadian crew not being familiar with the layout of the airport, the failure to turn on the background guidance system, and Unfamiliar fatigue. with the layout of the airport? That's it's, what they're saying. A long, straight place. That's where you put yeah. the plane down. It's difficult for moose to land a plane, too. I'm only assuming Air Canada has moose for pilots. <laughs> is that incorrect, Marshall? Am I wrong in that? God dang it! Uh, thank God it did. You know, I don't know. I don't know about reporting things that almost happened but didn't. Is news? I don't know, but thank God it didn't. Couple of quick notes: Boston Red Sox beat the Astros seven five last night Woo! in Boston, <laughs> tying up the best of seven American League championship uh, series at one and one. So they're both one one. Yep. Okay. Cool. So have you? Are you? Are you Brew Crew or are you Astros? Who? who which bandwagon are you jumping on? I'm. Uh, I'm for. Ending up with a Brewers Astros World Series. Okay, so you're pulling for that, then yes. you'll decide between those Absolutely. two. Okay, gotcha. yeah. Brewers and Dodgers play game three of the National League Series uh, tonight. That series again. Dodgers up. Red Sox would be impossible to take. Oh my God. <laughs> the tradition. Oh. Tommy Lasorda. Oh. Ted Williams. You're killing me. Carlton Fisk. The Bloody Sock. The Hobbled Kirk Gibson. Oh, please. It would never end. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Give me that traditional rivalry between Milwaukee and Houston. (laughs) (laughs) Probably is in like auto insurance sales or something like that. Hey, speaking of Boston, we haven't even touched on the big Harvard lawsuit. They're discriminating against the Asians. Trying to keep the Asians down there at Harvard. That's right. Bastards. Won't work. Um, we had something else I wanted to finish off and fit in, too, and jam it into the show. The petering out is like that. We get the good stuff right at the end. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, I actually get a lot of what Kanye was trying to say. I mean, it sounds like somebody told him something really smart, and he just retold it really, really wrong. <laughs> like when I was a kid, and the landlord showed up, and my mother would say, "Tell him I'm not here," and then I'd say, "My mama said she's not here." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, this story came out over the weekend. Oh, uh, scooters showing back up in San Francisco this morning. So they got taken off the streets a couple weeks ago. Uh, scooters are back. 
So if you want to ride around a scooter and crack your head open or get someplace fast or whatever As you want to do. is your God-given right. Sure. They're back in San Francisco. Also, this story made me angry on Friday. Um, Jared Kushner likely paid no federal income taxes for years. Documents show big headlines, much discussion on cable news all day long. With at some point somebody saying every time they did the story, he didn't do anything illegal, it would appear. Then why are we using our horrified voices? Unless you want to have a discussion about changing tax laws. Which is certainly a valid discussion. Which is perfectly a good discussion, and yeah. you may disagree completely sure. over what you think that tax law. But it's got nothing to do with Jared Kushner if he just used the laws that exist. CNN's angle, while they threw in once in a while that it appears he did not break any laws, they asked Senator Dick Durbin, will it be your highest priority if you achieve power, if the Senate is one? to investigate the president's tax return. And Durbin said, no. And CNN said, well, don't you want to know? And Jared Kushner, and we said, yeah, but, and this is Democrat Dick Durbin, he said, yeah, but our top priority is like jobs and people's economic well-being and health care and stuff. And the CNN people were very unhappy with that, su- that argument. Am I supposed to believe that wealthy D's in government don't take advantage of the tax laws? Their That's tax, hilarious. Their tax person comes to them and says... You owe five thousand dollars, but I could make it uh, fifty thousand dollars if you would like to not carry forward the <laughs> deduction from this business that isn't that going. The well. law says you can. Oh, right. I want to pay the maximum possible. I don't want to take advantage of the laws. Yeah, I. That's a laughable, obviously. Sure. I, I can't believe that's what the president was talking about last night on sixty Minutes about how um, uh, you know uh, evil the media is, how misleading, how much they lie. Going with that as a headline, Jared Kushner didn't pay. That is not a story. That is not even very interesting. Unless it's a story about how the tax laws are manipulated by the moneyed. Sure. And by manipulated, it's just use the tax law. In this case. Well, they're written by the moneyed. Yeah. Oh, would yeah. be a oh, better no way to, doubt. to put no it. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. If you want to change that, go ahead. Hey, kids. It's that time again. <laughs> With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host. Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everyone to put a nice little bow on the show. Hey, Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought? I got to tell you, I'm excited. The joyride continues. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot rolls over to become a $654 million behemoth. Now you're glad you didn't win over the weekend, right? Now when you do win, it'll be much more money. Indeed. It won't be chump change like yeah. the Saturday drawing. Oh, America is just adding to my savings account. Michelangelo, your final thought? On today's show, we talked about people being lonely. You know, if you're lonely, just walk into your neighbor's backyard, tap on their kitchen window, and say hello. See how that goes for you. <laughs> That's great. Positive, Sean, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, I stumbled across this quote the other day from American physicist Richard Feynman. The first principle is that you must not fool yourself, and you are the easiest person to fool. I really like that one. It's a good one. To thine own self be true. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? So I mentioned the other day that we bought a side-by-side. I don't know if you know, it was like a fancy heavy-duty golf cart. My eight-year-old drives around pretty well. Too fast, but pretty well. Six-year-old ran into mom's truck yesterday. <laughs> so here's what I've determined. Eight-year-olds can drive, six-year-olds can't. <laughs> There you go, rule of thumb. And speaking of numbers, I took a page from Marshall's book and got a couple of scratchers over the weekend, the more expensive kind. They were a prize at a golf tournament, and I chose them. I didn't actually spend my money on them. Uh, The one had 18 chances to win. Yes. The other had 15 chances to win. Oh, my. I'm 0 for 33. (laughs) What? Not a dime. Not a dime. 
And I spent like 10 minutes scratching off all those stupid little areas, too. <laughs> then I got that weird crap on my counter, and it was hard to get off. When's the next drawing, Marsha? Tomorrow night. 600-some million dollars? Yep. So this isn't the... What's the Wednesday and Saturday one? Is that uh, different? That's different. This is, is the Mega the, Millions. The, uh, well, that's yeah. totally That different. one might be the Buku Bucks or something. <laughs> right. The tax on people who can't do math. Uh, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up a grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Click around on the links. Plus, you can email us. If there's something we ought to be talking about, y'all are great at uh, finding that stuff. Send it to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I found this to be a fairly delightful Monday. Aren't we about due for another nation-splitting controversy? Probably. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. Yeah, we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. But the show's over. What? Bye-bye. But if you know the neighbor who lives two doors away from you, statistically, you're more likely to be happy. We need to attend to those kind of things. It's a big deal. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.